The door slowly slides open. At first, a crack of light that slowly sweeps over the room as the door swings ajar, freeing everything from the clutches of the dark. And for a moment, you see it, Hickory, sitting on your bed, six feet tall, even when sitting, thin and shaggy, bony, yet powerful. For an instance, you see it, the creature you've been seeing out of the corner of your eye these past few months. But in the blink of an eye, the wolf is gone. Your tiny London apartment is laid bare in the yellow light. With the money left over from your hunting career, you've managed to afford this for the past few months, but that money is beginning to dry up. Over the six months, your license has been withheld and you've not been permitted to see any of your fellow hunters. You found yourself tossed out of this politically unstable, monstrous world when Hugo died. But in a single moment, that whole world shut itself off from you. You have been without news or information for a long time. You gleam your eyes over the small apartment. The hairs on the back of your neck are on end. Your spine tingles. Your fingers twitch at your belt slowly slipping into your pocket. Can we get a description of Hickory Cavendish? Alrighty. <clears throat> Hickory uh, looks uh, not too different from what uh, we last saw him as. However, his uh, his beard is uh, a bit more well-groomed. It's less of a just a scraggly mess. Uh, it's more um, uh, tight and uh, clean and a I wouldn't say trimmed, but it it seems to be lasting the time. Um, and his hair, uh, not as much of a curly mess, but uh, a bit more of a shaven sides and uh, short top. Uh, he wears, as usual, his uh, uh, leather jacket um, over his shoulders, um, uh, as well as a tight, uh, light, uh, uh, sort of uh, grass green... Uh, t-shirt and pants mm-hmm. um, and his boots as normal um, yeah that's about okay. visually <laughs> you look around the room and at last you find him a man is sitting in the corner of your room in your armchair that you found at a garage sale he sits by a slightly ajar window smoking a pantella a long, thin cigar. He's wearing a lavish, deep, dark blue suit, the colour of the deepest corners of the ocean. Atop it, he is wearing a grey raincoat, like the foam of the ocean. His square jaw is locked around the cigar. His mouth and face is expressionless. Donovan's soul just watches you. 
Make yourself at home, why don't ya? Alrighty. Uh, I'll walk in and close the door behind me. He slowly holds up a hand. And even slower, he gestures for you to come closer. With two fingers. He slowly puffs on the cigar. The smoke twists and churns like long fingers as it weeds its way out the window and up to the night sky. To what do I owe the pleasure of this visit? Face me. Only look out the corner of your eye. He mutters, never taking his attention away from his cigar. You come and stand in front of him, looking directly at him, and you slowly drift your eyes to the side, to the window that is cracked ajar, and you see your normal view, shrouded in the dark of the night. Your fourth-story apartment looks out onto a small park with one of those little kids' playgrounds, surrounded by chipped wood, a swing with both seats torn off it. The chains glisten in the darkness. A fading red slide stands beside it. A single tree stands nearby. And as you watch, as your eyes slowly get accustomed to the dark, you see two figures standing in the pure black shade of the tree, out of the reach of any light from any street lamp. They both stand, looking up at the window. Yes. Do you mind filling me in on that? He wipes his hands together. Who do you think they are, Hickory? They've been following you for five months. Yep. I don't know, some form of relapse from coming out of what I've seen. Something like that. Hope. You finish your bowl of ramen and place it down on the small counter that you and Heath are sitting at. It's a sh small shop in a cramped alleyway in the residential area. Above your heads, laundry is hung from ropes between the two metre gap between the two huge apartment blocks. The shop is built directly onto the street. There's basically the bench, a few seats, and it's just like the the rest of the alleyway. Rain drizzles down on the, the kind of marquee that is above your heads. Uh, the man at the counter smiles as he takes your bowl. You never eat your egg. I'd hoped you would have stopped being quite so picky by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe next time. As he moves to the side, you see behind him a board of Polaroid photos some peeling away with age. There are different customers. And at the centre left, you see one of yourself and Heath as teenagers. He, uh, the chef places the bowl in the counter and there's no one else at the stand, so he's kind of just making himself busy with starting to pack down for the night. Describe yourself, Hope. Uh, Hope has cut her hair a little shorter. It's... Um about a centimetre or two below the ears. She's um, 
bleached the money pieces so that that frames her face. Uh, Olivia walked in on her bleaching her hair and Hope immediately stopped bleaching her hair after seeing the horror on her mother's face for some unknown reason. Um, She wears an oversized leather jacket and she's wearing kind of a bralette top, um, something that, once again, Olivia was horrified to see. then shorts with fishnets, uh, stockings, and her normal um, Doc Martens. Okay. Beside you sits Heath. Tonight is the first time you've seen him in well over a month. He comes and goes fairly often for long stretches of time. He looks tired. You look back to the Polaroid again. You've changed a lot since those days but the man sitting next to you is barely even the same person. When you were first reunited, there were still recognisable aspects of him. His, for use of a better word, regality, loyalty and general over-seriousness. But now, ever since Hugo died, more and more has begun to drip away. The only way you can really put it is when you were first reunited... Heath and the Morning Star were doing battle over who was in control. A victor has clearly come out now. And now you get the uncomfortable feeling that Heath has given up on that boy in the picture almost entirely. He drifts his eyes around the there is just like a, a, a plethora of potted plants that you can tell by like the stumps these things are older than you guys uh, he's kind of looking kind of uncomfortably up and down the alleyway a few times we've scraped the place it's fine you can relax What's on your mind? Obviously something. He he leans back. Something I'd get a paycheck by now. They they pay on Tuesdays. Pay it to you is not great, but, you know, some consistency would be nice. Yeah, fair enough. I'm just saying. Um, I'm going again. Again? Yeah, tomorrow morning. How long? I uh, don't know. Uh, Donnie said three months. Something like that. Can I ask where? I don't know where. So, I think it's. I think it's Eastern. I think where Donovan's been trying to speak with some of the warlords over there, because <laughs> there's no equivalent of Tia over there because it's it's quite fractured. So you kind of have to you can't just talk to one person in here. So you go. Fair. But I don't know. I might not be doing that at all. 
things change? Well, I already know the answer, but I'm always going to ask anyway. If you need backup, I'm there. Yeah, well, maybe if any of you decided to actually join Tia, maybe that would be a possibility. Hey, uh, sure. But uh, last time I said uh, someone chucked a little hissy fit. Not you, but, you know, I'm down. I'm going to assume that's Olivia. Yes. Okay, yeah, I, I, I don't want to... I, I like Ebenezer, but... <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I mean, it's fair, but, you know, you need to make your own choices. She's made hers. Well, she's making hers. Yeah. There's room for everyone, but the fact of the matter is there's... um. Not really much room anymore for third parties. Fair enough. Well, still, if you need me, I'll be there. Yeah. Hope you pause slightly now. Heath's eyes have moved away from you. They almost look glazed over as he stares for a second off into the distance. He reaches into his pocket and he places a handful of cash onto the table. The man at the counter looks over. Sully, that's too much. You know how much this costs. And he intercuts him. Consider it a closing tab for the amount of free stuff you gave us. He uh, rises, he grabs your hand and he rather forcefully begins leading you back along the alley. Don't look back. You quickly break out onto the street and he leads you to a crossing. You wait for a bus to cross before moving on. There's a safer house up here. A few operatives should be in there. They've just gotten back from a reconnaissance mission in the States. Okay. Uh, How worried should I be? You can tell by his posture that you should be very worried. You round the corner and you see a house illuminated by the street lamps. Heath walks towards it, pulling you along. And now in this last moment, as you get closer and closer, the urge grows too much and you just casually glance back. About 50 feet back, you see a man standing at the corner that you just rounded. He's standing, you can see he's wearing a, some type of suit, a raincoat. He's standing there. And with the way he's behaving, all of it seems to indicate that he would be following you. But he's watching you. And he slowly turns around and walks away. Your stomach churns and fear hits you in the gut. Hickory, you turn back to Donovan and he looks up to you. You see them? Yeah, two of them. You see how comfortable they are. 
how in control they think they are. Mm. Bit brash mm. down the open. There's a small explosive charge rigged under your bed. They placed it there this morning. They also damaged the gas line, both here and across the apartment. They're going to cover it up as a gas explosion. You and your cigarettes. I switched off the gas line from the street when I came in. He puffs on his cigar. <laughs> See, they're probably wondering why this hasn't caused an explosion to go off. They're probably getting antsy. They might sell off the charge at any moment. Their palms getting sweaty. Their hand jittering. Just over the button. It's funny how that happens when they think they've lost control. Tell me, Hickory, how angry are you? Mate, all I want is somewhere to sleep. Really? Very angry. How angry are you that a band of mercenaries broke into your home six months ago, broke you all to pieces, killed your ally, and stole away your friend? Some of them got what they deserved. But the ones in charge got away. Are you angry about that? Yes, I'm really angry with that. Here's the thing, Hickory. He leans back. He blows on his cigar again. They are in control. And you are powerless to them. You have come in here hopped on that bed never known who did this you are at their whim and their mercy and they don't have much of that they believe they're gods they can come into whoever's house they want take what they want destroy who they want and face no consequences They are gods. But do you know why their hand is shaking over the button right now? Why they're wiping the sweat off their forehead? They're in control. Why are they scared? Out of the corner of your eye, you see the movement of one of them wiping their hand across their face. The other gives him a nudge and they seem to be talking. It's because I'm here. They fear me. They fear Warwick, Heath, Emily, Charlotte, Anne, and Granger. You know why? Not really, no. 
because they may be gods. But we're god killers. The agency's always feared tear because we're the elder statesmen. They outweigh us in manpower 100 to 1. But we're better trained. We have more knowledge. We have the best in the industry across all fields. If it's a fight, they better bring 101 if they want to win. We are God killers. And Hickory? He rises and stands before you as he finishes his cigar and stamps it out. They wouldn't be trying to kill you if they weren't concerned about you. They believe they're gods. Well, I can make you a god killer. Out of the corner of your eye, you see one of the men grab something from the other and make a motion. Donovan slowly reaches over to the window, cranks it open a little bit more, and he chucks a small black box from his pocket out the window. And there is an almighty... As the glass is shattered, the wall cracks, and you are knocked off your feet onto the ground, dust and debris filling the room. Hope. In that moment, the front door of the house is opened as a man looks out. He's wearing a tear uniform, and he frowns. Heath, I wasn't expecting any representatives till morning. He opens the door fully, and there is a sharp click as a thread is torn at the base of the door. The tear operative extends a hand out to Heath and Hope, smiling. It's best you come inside. We have a lot to discuss, Heath. Does she have clearance? In that moment, Heath spins around. He grabs onto you and shields you, pushing the two of you back down over the flight of stairs that you were just climbing as an explosion goes off, blowing the entire front of the house outwards, killing the man in the door instantly. You are both thrown 20 feet and crash into the ground, rolling and sliding across the concrete, tearing up the skins on your palms, shoulders, and cracking your heads against the ground. Hickory, you cough in the smoke as uh, like smoke alarms across the apartment are going off. Glass is everywhere, bits of concrete and dust. <coughs> Donovan slowly walks over to you and he reaches down and pulls you up onto the bed. It's time you start choosing your loyalty. There's no room left for sitting on the fence. He pats you on the shoulder, smiles, and makes his way to the door. He turns back. You tell all your friends that. I'm reinstating your license, but there's no room for half measures anymore. The world's grown too dark for that. The King of Limbs has said that the tide is rising, and I can see it, can't you? It's already at our ankles. When the water starts rushing in, men show their true colours. Your team has no loyalty, and by that no honour. Those are dangerous things to not have in a world like ours. Hope you pull yourself up 
you were surprisingly not too badly hurt on your uh, elbows, shoulders, palms, and kind of cheeks. The skin is scratched and bleeding, and you feel a trickle of blood running down and into your left eye that you squint closed. You see the house before you. The entire front is blown away and is slowly collapsing in as fire is overtaking it. And you hear the sound of people screaming and running. Kind of pat around you and you put your hand down on clothing and you look down and in the fire gloom you see Heath laying on the ground. Chunks of wood and brick stabbed deep into his back and you see his right arm broken at three different points twisted behind him. We slowly pull up, the smoke blowing into the night. Welcome to Stoker Society Season 2. Control. Take me to the water. Strombers in my mind. Take me to the water. Strombers in my mind. Troopers in my mind. Take me to the water. Strombers in my mind. Take me to the water. Strombers in my mind. We find ourselves in the ancient home of Tyr in Whitechapel. We crane down to reveal the hospital wing, where Hope and Hickory are waiting. Bandaged, but doing rather well, all things considered. Uh, Heath is heavily bandaged, once again, uh, and is uh, lying unconscious in a bed in the far corner. Can each of you tell me something about the room, please? Ooh, all right. I'll go first. Um... There is a flower vase by um, the window and it's got um, some pink lilies in it, but a lot of the petals have like fallen onto the windowsill 
and like all of you know like the lily pollen like that brown mm. stuff it's mm-hmm. definitely stained mm. around and like there's like barely any water left you can tell these flowers have been here for a while but like they haven't molded yet mm. like there's still some nice ones mm. there is a very specific painting or just portrait on the wall of a clam no there's uh-huh. a there's a little cat Oh. latched onto like a post and then there's like a propeller behind it going at full speed and it looks like it's getting pulled into it and it says believe on it. <laughs> and <laughs> Hickory is just looking like at it. Like in a going, wind tunnel? Like <laughs> is it cat in a wind tunnel? Yeah. And yeah, Hickory is just staring at very concerned. Can someone on the Discord please draw that? <laughs> draw Hickory looking at it like mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. the bat the Spider Man <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, uh, can I get Meg, Caleb, and BJ to roll D4s? Yes. A D4. A D4. Oh. <laughs> I can't use my left arm. D4 this roll. Oh. It's no. a four, my lord. Four. A, a four here too, my four. lord. Two. Okay, uh, in that moment, the door is banged open as both <laughs> Ward and Ebenezer have arrived. You guys have been... In these six months, you have not been, you've been entirely barred from seeing each other, having any contact, being doing anything to, like... You know, like good friends. hunting, anything like that. You guys have been spread out across Europe. You have not been allowed to leave Europe. Uh, but you two have just coincidentally arrived at the same time. <laughs> All right. It's been, it's been like, uh, I don't know, uh, five, six hours since the event happened. So you guys were kind of given word and have arrived now. Okay. Yeah. Ah, something went staticky. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. It's fine. So it was BJ. Oh. <coughs> yeah. I think it's this cable, but I'm not going to touch it again. So, uh, Hickory, you can uh, oh hook hook me up. Oh, Hickory. Uh, <laughs> yes, Hickory. Hickory, that's oh, interesting. Are you, uh, are you all right? What happened? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I know um, what happened, gosh. but like, uh, you're you're alive. You're here. Uh, you, yeah, but what about what about Hope? Yeah, um, I'm alive. Yeah. Oh, Still there. I didn't see. Okay, all right. And I assume that he's alive of- as well. Of bandages in the he's corner. He's the wizard. Don't t- ah! no, don't touch him. He's like, Stop. He's like hands off. He's like an inch away from like touching. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, There's just a sign above him that Hope's made that says "No hugs." <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. damn it! I was going to hug him. Well, can we get uh, descriptions of Ebenezer and Ward? Of course, you you take a bite at that very moment. Thank you. Yes, just so happens that I am too busy right now. And I That's why I was like food. shoveling bickies into my mouth earlier when I knew I wasn't uh, talking. Like, Ward's got a bit of a, a new getup now. He's got a mm. bit of a new style. He's kind of all clad in uh, a black and gold aesthetic. Can I say so? The f- uh, the free- previous season was set in March, wasn't it? March. Uh, you said springtime 2003. Yes. So that would have been like time in Jan Europe Feb. is Jan. April. Oh. Ooh, April. April. That's April. when it is in Germany. In April in the so where? So I'm thinking it's now six months. It's kind of late autumn, winter type of time, like late autumn. When is that in Europe? Autumn. November is the beginning of winter, end of autumn. Yeah, it's so I guess October would be like end yeah, of autumn. Yeah, September, oh, yeah. October so time. So October. Oh, great! Right in time for your trauma and my birthday. Yay! Yay. <laughs> September, cool. September, October ish. Cool. Okay. Cool. Still. Regardless, Ward does not feel temperature, so his co- his clothes does not change really, unless he's feeling quirky that day. 
quirked up. He wears he wears summer clothes in the winter and a winter clothes in the summer, just to be fancy. Anyway, he's got a, a new kind of gold and black aesthetic, kind of black with gold highlights, mm-hmm. um, in a kind of a marching band style outfit. I now envision you only as the Bikini Bottom cast yep, in the, the episode. Yeah, the band episode, yeah. <laughs> that, but black. Yeah. Uh, See, I'm um, going Welcome to the Black Parade vibes. Yeah. Uh, he's got the white, white gloves, um, gold star-shaped buttons, um, well, those shoulder wow. thingies with the little tassels on them. Yeah, you know? epilepsy, yep. Um, that's what they're called? Yep. Epilet. I could not, for the life of me, find out what they were called. Um, Epilep is like epilepsy. Yeah, that's the thing. He's I even have. got like a little cape draped, like Aww. draping from his back, um, two raven feathers in a big. So he's like floppy. a war hero. He's dressed like a decorated war hero. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> but like um, American Civil War era. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any combat um, yet. I ordained myself as such. He's just, <laughs> and I won! <laughs> he he just wants to feel fancy. Um, Dressing for the job he to, wants. To even make himself taller, he's wearing black boots with high heels just to get that extra few inches. Just just really adding to the aesthetic. Um, it's not actually heels. It's just the sticks coming through the back of the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> he's painted the black. But they would sound exactly like stilettos when he walks. <laughs> yeah, he looks like stilettos. It's just the sticks. Uh, the front attached. It's like when uh, you see. I don't know if you know the. There's like the dinosaur costumes for the live a- for the like live theater walking with dinosaurs, and it's just the person's legs. Surprisingly, are- no. I, I okay. Don't, I don't the, it's just the person's legs. <laughs> you can see in the dinosaur costumes they have. You can see like the dinosaur leg that kind of juts out like a like an L. Mm-hmm. And then you just see the normal human leg kind of just like <laughs> that's pretty stick. sad. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, and he's got a uh, cane. He's got a nice big long uh, cane, kind of like a a blend between a walking cane and a marching like one of those baton things. Mm, nice. Ebenezer looks exactly the same. Good. Uh, there's really no discernible. He's wearing a different suit. It's more of like a darker brown. Um, and like with a little bit of black weaved into it, but it's like the same matching three piece suit. He's wearing like a, um, yeah, like a like a off white shirt, maybe like an almost slightly blue type toned shirt, and a green knit tie. Um, the only major difference is he now is wearing a black beret. Okay, <laughs> and I, I won't not remember specify that. what type, what part of Europe he's been in for the last uh, few months. Mm, Spain. But <laughs> cool. Okay, uh, that's the. It's just no like mustache, a little bit of jar. No, no. no, no. just clean shaven, Ebenezer, but now with a beret. <laughs> Are there any conversations you guys want to have? Open the floor. Mm. <sighs> okay, uh, well, where, where, where has everyone been? Have you, have you two been in in England the whole time? Yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah. Doing what? Yeah. Uh, did, did you know someone was coming you, after you? I. You did, haven't been I, in England. No. Where have you been? Have you been in England? Yes. What, what do you think? Something I, like raises his arms up into the air, almost like touching. I, I don't know if this is a high ceiling hospital. It's a very high. This is like Whitechapel, right? Ancient. 
Ra- raising his arms, towering above everyone, goes, You think something like me can go wandering around through any customary border or province or country? No. Without drawing all this attention? <laughs> you do do that quite a lot, that is true. I've been across the pond, I believe, as they say. Uh-huh. Which pond? Never mind. <laughs> so, did how, like, did you know someone was coming after you? Or, or uh, like... Uh, well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, um, I had a not a suspicion, but a, sort of just like a haunting visual in the side of my. Do you think it was mind. the agency? Definitely. No, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, you, so very varying opinions on who's trying to kill us. That's great. That's, That's a fantastic. Opinion. That's great. That's go- I like that. That's fine. <laughs> Been here running a long time, mate. Do you think they'll How come after me? Probably. You think they'll come after me next? Yeah, probably. Probably they're going to come after me next. Yeah, they're probably going probably to. Look, if they went after Hickory, Keith, and myself, they've an probably my gone for the whole team. Yeah, look out for beds, mate. Oh, do you think our apartment's try not to fine? Hit me on the head with a bed. That'd be, that'd be good. I heard our apartment's me. fine. Suffocate me with a pillow. <gasps> Maybe that's what I like my doors, though. It's pretty hard. Ebenezer! Yes. Just chill. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I've got something for you. And you see Ward like oh, no. pulls from under his shirt this tiny little like canvas. And it's just it's just like a, a smudge of colours on it. <laughs> like a it, little artwork. Yeah, it's yeah. a little artwork. It's like this is a painting for you, Ebenezer. Ward is canonically colorblind. <laughs> it, it's it's just all the colours. You it's have just, no- <laughs> it's just everything in the paint pad, just Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, this is gonna be Ward's quick fun fact. Uh, Ward's gotten into painting, wow. and how he paints is he he could not for the life of him get the paint onto the canvas with the brush. So he gets the, so, pa- the canvas it, on it, top of the paint. Just, is that what happened? Well, no, all the paint just kept falling on him. So first he wore a white shirt, so it wasn't messy, and then he realized, hey, all the paint's here. The canvas is there, <laughs> so he just hugs the canvas. <laughs> so what you've got is a just a blend of colors just pressed onto his white you know, like, canvas body. When you're a little kid, and you put blobs and then you fold it in half. And you're like, it's a butterfly. It's basically like that. And then you yeah, hug. You, you get all sad about the things that it makes you think of. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that. I yeah. had a normal childhood. Yeah, yeah, homeschool uh, boy. Yeah, and he, he just proceed. He pulls oh, out oh. Uh, another canvas and he hands it oh, to Hickory. You. It's another Thank small you, one. Ward. This is... uh, there's a sig- there's a Siggy taped to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that's, mate. That's... that's how he remembered which was which. Very thoughtful <laughs> of you. Um... Uh, and uh, then he goes, he just pulls out this massive <laughs> canvas. It just like he, it's like a like one of those handkerchief tricks. He pull, it, it, like immediately <laughs> it his body going. like deflates a little, <laughs> and he hands it. It puts it on top of Heath's bed. Like that one's for Heath. For Maybe the, stand it next to. The, I'll, I'll move it. Don't worry. I'll put it down there. Thank you. Thank you. This is really lovely. Oh, you're most welcome. In that moment, Olivia, you reach the uh, hospital door, and you push it open, and there is a momentary flash, one singular frame. As you open it up, and you see your group all standing there. The first time you've seen them in six months. And you see, sitting on the bed behind Hope, looking at you. Six feet tall, even though it's sitting down. Shaggy yet thin. A wolf watching you. 
and is gone. Not even a millisecond, not even the blink of an eye is gone. Olivia! Ebenezer, hi! Hey! Olivia! Oh, okay, gang's all here, wonderful. Well, Good to see well, you all. Well, she well, takes well. off her sunglasses. <laughs> it is night time. <laughs> you have lost the race to the hospital, Olivia. Yes. Uh, well, I didn't. Hug. Aw, hi, honey. Hi. Um, I didn't know it was a race. I didn't think Heath would be going anywhere in this condition. No, no, a race to the hospital. To, to here. Uh, okay. We beat you to he here. He doesn't look like he's going here. anywhere. No, no, to come here to meet him. It's still not like, a race, but okay. No, no, because it, it's a race because because you, you got here last. So therefore, we won the race to get to see who would get okay, to here. Okay, Ebony's the sunglasses <laughs> in her hand she right now. I understand what you said, so I just thought I'd Ebony's explain it for there's no need to her. compete for, for petty things like No, this. I just explained the race because she didn't get it. She didn't because the race, because he was yeah, here. Okay. So <laughs> We get it. Okay. Uh, it's good to see you. Hope well. is going to pat the glowing arm for Vesper. And just hey Ves. Bonjour. You see the, <laughs> the sunglasses in her right hand just kind of flick as he says bonjour. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's me. He he materializes. The the sunglasses drop for a second and he catches them. He also like catches the, the glove on her he arm. Catches that one as well. You no, be- he's wearing the glove. <laughs> he's just wearing mine, I think. <laughs> Um, uh, I like a question. Of course, my gamer. Is there a sink in this room? Yes. Great. Ebenezer is going to go to the lilies. He's going to pick it up and he's going to pour the lilies and the water down the sink. Very good. Uh, let's get a description of Olivia. Um, well, Olivia has just, she's the picture of elegance and timelessness. Um, the money has done her well, <laughs> is all I will say about their missions. Um, so she has... She this... was getting paid? Yeah, all of us Wait, were getting you paid. You guys You guys were getting paid? Ward wasn't getting paid. <laughs> Ward wasn't getting Wait, paid. Hang on. Hang on. Wait, is this come, some kind of like fraud scam where he, like, he had an allowance, but... Olivia was taking his cut, so no, she Olivia's got like just double taken or her and Amelia's cut, realistically. <sighs> yeah, and Ward's cut, and Ward's cut. No, not Ward's cut. No, Ward didn't get it past Ward 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 Stuck with Ward. If Ward got a cut, Hope was taking it. <laughs> <laughs> True, accurate. Um, okay, so she has pearly white suede pumps, um, a pencil skirt dress in a light tan color, and a pearly silk shawl that's wrapped around her shoulders, comes together at the nape of the neck, and then kind of flutters down to the middle of her back. Um, She has light tan leather gloves up to presumably her upper arm because Vesper is currently wearing the other glove. Um, She has a white leather clutch purse with pincushion detail and pearls for the buttons. Um, And her peanut buttery blonde hair is in a long, silky, sleek inverted bob cut. And she wears a felt wide brim sun hat and slightly uh, pointed sunglasses in the dead of night. Hold on, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Inverted bob. Does that mean it's going short at the back, <laughs> long at the front? It's short it at the back, like from long here at the front. up into like a bowl above your head. Megan Is that? It's the cut ago. that I had a while ago. It's short at the back, long at the front. Yeah. Also, I've got to um, say, the, the artist must love and hate you. Yeah, it's literally that. It's just the like hairspray. They must love and hate you. They're like, wow, such detail. Ah, no, such detail. Yeah, yeah, no, they'll hate me. Um, she also has pearl drop 
um, earrings that dangle from her ears, swinging slightly from her momentum as she has been accosted by the group as she's just come in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vesper is staying next to you. He is dressed much more simply. He's wearing a pair of... uh, It's white. It's, like, made up of him. They're not clothes, but it's just the style that he's going with. He's wearing, um, like, classic boating shoes, no socks, those kind of white... (laughs) You've been the holiday. Greece. Yeah. He's wearing He's got those like wide uh, summery suit pants. Like the pinstripe (laughs) ones. The linen ones. Yeah, the linen ones. And he's wearing uh, like uh, a a polo that's like tucked in with a belt. He's a classic (laughs) dad on a Greek holiday. No, it's like the the, uh, old money look. Oh, yeah. Like if if anyone's watched The Talented Mr. Ripley, it's just all the stuff that those guys are wearing. That quite works because that's basically what Olivia's doing. She's old money. (laughs) So, and Vespa's like, we're broke. They um, <laughs> spent <laughs> <laughs> all their money on clothes. And we didn't, we didn't have that much to begin with, guys. <laughs> no, but they've been traveling a lot. Yes, yes. So. We have Is Hope the only one with like a job? Hickory, no. do you have a job? You have a job? Yeah, I'm a tattoo apprentice. I have a job. He works with me. Yes. We travel right, like yeah. food writing. Have you read the blog? That's not a real job. Excuse you, I also Thank do you, my what? job. That's that's what the people at the tattoo place said when we told you about when we told told them about what you were doing. You told them about what we were doing. Well, Hope, Hope told them about it as well. You just said my mum's on holiday. Yes. Yes, my mum's on holiday is about the extent of what you should be saying. Well, no, we showed them. True. We showed them the food. Technically block. true. Why did everyone look at me instantaneously? I'm just standing here. <laughs> and he's like playing with the glove a bit. Like, like, I've got a painting for you. Whoa. Let's see. Could you pass me that cloth? He, Absolutely. Thank you. He pulls out two no, more. No, that's the glove, the cloth. <laughs> two more paintings. Yeah, she won't like it if I. They're about that. arm length, and you see on them there's just like two hand, like arm, not just hand, but arm prints on them. Um, Vespa takes it. Wow, Ward. That's and he's like folding it up the canvas. Aww. He's like folding. That's so cool. And he puts it in his pocket, in like his Most ch- shirt pocket. That's oh, no crazy. Most welcome. Uh, how's everyone? Uh, she like pats through your shoulder. It's like, how are you, dear? Alive. Kicking it. That's yeah. good. Mm. How's Olivia- Is that bone? <laughs> Olivia's um, like still kind of Put in a semi embrace. Like, the band back closed on it. Um, <laughs> Olivia's in a semi embrace with Hope, and she's just like stroking her cheek where the scratches are, and she's like, mm, "That looks like it could use some aloe vera." Thanks, Mum. He um, Vespa like cranes his head over to where uh, Heath is laying unconscious. He's ha, Vespa. <laughs> Well, you lost. Behave. Good for him. Behave. He saved it. my life. Yeah, well, he saved everyone's life, and you need to, sometimes people need to be put down a little bit. Yes. I it happened to me. I'm a better person for it. Could you pass? <laughs> could you pass me that bin yeah. bag? Uh, why? Well, <laughs> what are you doing? Where else am I going to put these? And he's holding like the dead petals, and <laughs> you Aww. realize he's like <laughs> angrily like chucked the the. Lilies in the thing as though like how could anyone disrespect these flowers and let them die in the corner and he's cleaned up the stain on the thing the lilies are just sitting in the thing he wants to throw the petals out um, and he's going to take the the photo or the painting that Ward gave him and like sit it aesthetically on the on the window sill he's like ah, much better the great doors to the hospital are opened 
and you all see Donovan Soul walk in. He nods at you all, uh, but he is followed by a group of tier operatives. They break from him, mostly ignoring uh, all of you. You can tell by their uniforms and their general kind of presence in the room that these guys are special operatives. The highest rank of tier operative before you kind of get into the general and teacher type of um, rangers. They make their way over and start pulling up chairs and sitting around Heath and kind of checking on him. Uh, they're clearly led by one woman who has like a, like a pixie cut, uh, blonde hair. Uh, she kind of watches all of you quite attentively before sitting down uh, next to Heath's bed. Donovan pulls up a chair uh, next to kind of your group and sits down. He's about like two or three meters uh, to the side, but in front of you guys, and he sits down. And he's kind of watching you all. Good evening. 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 Hello. Hello, Ward. Hello. Uh, 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 Donovan. Donovan! That's right. Long time no see. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So what do we owe the pleasure? I have a job for you all. Of course you do. I kind of hoped that's why we were here. I, I hoped you weren't just here to say, like, hi or something. I could assure you my time is not worth that. That's what I thought as well. When you see me, it's important. Remember that. Okay. Well, firstly, I would hope that the reason why you all came here was to check on your party mates. Well, first that's and foremost. why I'm here. Yes, I brought gifts. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm more meant that, that you're here, but yeah. Uh-huh. What's the job? I'm going to stop talking now. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Here's what we can somewhat deduce. The agency is trying to intimidate you. Trying to scare you into silence, inaction, or just to simply kill you. The fact of the matter is this. London is no longer safe for any of you. The House of Many Faces is still unusable. Whenever we get you know, a spare moment, we might take to repairing it, because it would be quite the asset. Anyway, as I was saying, the agency is trying to intimidate you. They're trying to intimidate all of us. You need to act. We are reinstating your licenses. They need to be shown, fast and simple, that their methods aren't working. That they can't intimidate you. Because we need them to become rash. We need to force them into a situation where they make a decision that can be traced to them. Because the fact of the matter is, nothing of tonight can be traced back to them. There's no evidence. There are no fingerprints. And if I even so much as suggest their involvement, I'll be called up into council based on my biases and my ability as leader will be called into question. So you're setting us up as live bait so you can win a trial? Not at all. I'm setting you up to show the people who are intimidating you that you're not going to run and hide. Mm. It's a simple job. It's in London. It's in the north of London. A graveyard. 
he passes out a few uh, folders. Dug up graves. People have been seeing four-legged creatures in the darkness. We're not entirely sure what it is. Might be in the lycanthrope family, but werewolves were exterminated from England a long time ago, so we're not fully sure. But we, after tonight, don't have many tier operatives available to us. Right. So we'd be working as a third party again? For as long as you wish to operate as a third party. That choice will always be yours. Olivia walks over to Vesper and she like holds the folder to him. She's like, can you please? I've got one arm. He takes that and like flicks it open. I've got two. Yeah, whose fault's that? You shouldn't have picked a fight. You couldn't win. I didn't pick a fight. <laughs> uh, he flicks through it. I mean, it... yeah, sounds pretty simple. And kind of looks through it, but it's not my call. I'm just the muscle. He flexes a little bit. I'll go. <laughs> he disappears and your arm returns to you. <laughs> she catches the folder before it falls. Well, I haven't seen these people in a long time, so anything to spend some more time together, I suppose. That would be lovely. Yeah. All right. Well. Anything to see my daughter again. <clears throat> Love you too. You are the leader, and I follow you. I say yes. Then I'm in. What? Hickory? Can I look at that folder? The folder is handed yeah. over to Hickory. Yeah, you flick open. What type of information are you looking for? Um, uh, Can specifically I on the look through it with throat it? stuff. But what were we saying? So, uh, they said it could be something along the lycanthrope. Yeah, so lycan the uh, lycanthropy family is the uh, werewolves, shape changers, yeah. that type of uh, the the humans that transform into something else. That is part of the lycanthropy Wendigo's family. Wendigo's technically Wendigo's yes. a part of the yeah. lycanthropy family. Yeah, it's yeah. the idea of because of the uh, the amount of extermination that happened in England, mm. that most likely whatever this creature would be would be a human transforming into something else. Yeah, because something uh, a, a normal supernatural creature in the heart of London, in the north of London, is very unlikely so that's why they're perceiving it as being part of the lycanthropy family right. but not a werewolf could 90% I 90% way um, could I search for details on the bodies that have been dug up mm -hmm. in the file do I need to roll for that sure a natural 12 you skim through it um the bodies, uh, the, they're uh, fresh bodies. They are recently buried bodies. They are found not incredibly damaged. These things haven't been ravaged and okay. like torn apart, but they have. So been the bodies dug have up. been found. Yes. Okay. Were they just right there where they've been dug up? Uh, sometimes they were dragged uh, a ways off, five, ten meters, but they were generally around. And they're all accounted for. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, so I'm guessing this is intelligence. Um, but Olivia is digging through the file, just skim reading for any information she can get, but she's mainly looking for physical descriptions of, like, testimonies of what these things have looked like or people have said it looks like. I've got a 16 for that. Okay, people have said uh, four-legged creatures 
the uh, is the north graveyard of London is quite large, uh, but is only bordered by street lamps. So they've only been seen as silhouettes moving within the the graveyard. Uh, not that much has really been seen. Four legged, kind of average dog size. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I can always use the money. So only Don't ever one. Yeah. People aren't sure. Have there been other, any other accounts of dogs, strange dogs, werewolves, things like that in the area unrelated that you've heard of? Can't say. Not my department anymore. All right. Mm. Well, we can only do our best, right? Yeah. We should probably get some um, wolf bane. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything. I just dropped everything and ran yeah, when no, I no, heard no. these. You were hurt, so. No, I'm just saying equipment-wise if it's... I'll uh, do some shopping and gathering and pilfering. Uh, Any last questions that you have before we jump to the graveyard? Uh, How many bodies? Six. Okay. Have any animal bodies been around? Okay. Is there any um, connection between, like other than the state of the bodies like were they all related to one family were they all there's no no real connection okay uh phases of the moon has any of that correlated to sightings donovan shrugs these sightings have been accounted for over the past three weeks okay so moon is relevant interesting seems at least Any questions about the group that just came into the room? I don't know. What are they doing? They're sitting there. Okay. Are they poking him? (laughs) No, they're they're sitting around here. Okay. Um, Uh, Do they recognize any of them? Well, Olivia and Hope actually would be the only people that do. Yeah. You kind of glance over a few times while you're reading the pamphlet, and you two were the only ones who were awake when Heath was telling his story about Mongolia. These are the operatives that were laying in the other beds. These, this was the team that was with Heath in Mongolia. Wasn't I awake? I don't remember. No, Ward would have been too talkative. (laughs) I don't think, yeah, I think. By by nature of him never Ah, sleeping. Mongolia, I was there once. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I I don't think we accounted for you in the scene, so. No, no. Ward was out picking flowers. Yeah. yeah. Ebenezer was out shouting at Ward to stop picking flowers. <laughs> I'm pretty you sure you were just out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Does Vesper have any questions? Because he might have experience with the lycanthrope category. Heath, uh, so uh, Vesper frowns looking at. It's hard to tell to out in the field. The main thing is the phases of the moon. Doesn't really help, but the lichen, th- like the lichen throat family part, is purely just a deduction. Uh, when we walk out of the room, Hope's just gonna swing by Heath, squeeze his hand, and then head out. The uh, injured hand. Yeah, he's just still, like a, yeah. you know a gentle the left hand squeeze. <laughs> he's still unconscious, and you notice a very untrusting glare from just about everyone in the group as you approach and then leave. Yeah. Just everyone watches you 
very actively. She does not break eye contact with any of them. The woman with the pixie cut just stares unblinkingly at you as you come. You go. Uh, Donovan nods at each one of you as you leave, and as you guys uh, exit out, he stands up, comes over, and he closes the hospital doors behind you. Uh, cut forwards uh, it takes um, it was very kind of early morning when you guys were arriving at the hospital wing by the time Ebenezer's done stuff you guys have kind of gotten ready it is now kind of late afternoon uh, dusk time by the time you guys are reaching uh, the um, graveyard uh, you guys uh, come up it's got one of those uh, stone walls around it it's quite an old graveyard uh, with the uh, cast iron um, fence work and and all that type of stuff and uh you guys arrive at the edge of it it's quite hilly the um graveyard extends outwards you uh before olivia you went to vesper to one of the southern graveyards so this is not the one that you went with uh sounds like a lovely graveyard it's pretty based uh (laughs) can you all give me one thing that you can see in the graveyard i will say the graveyard is deserted but everyone Um, you see uh, well, one I'm, aspect about it. I'm going to say there's, you know, some gravel pathways and stuff leading off, and a lot of them are rimmed with really, uh, really pretty, really big, old, thick-trunked oak trees. Hmm. I'd say possibly if if it's in the city, a couple of those. Uh, what are they? They're like little structures built inside. Gazebo? Uh, no, no, no. Like the stone mausoleum? structures for like the grave. Mm. Yeah, mausoleum. Uh, with like, um, right. with like uh, gargoyles, gargoyles on and stuff yes. on them. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. Yeah. I would say the outside of it is like it has an actual frame being in London. So there's like a fence, but the fence is made of like stone or concrete. Yeah, it's like stone wall. But then on top of the stone wall, there's like, you can tell there's barbed wire because <laughs> people right. have been trying to climb <laughs> over the stone walls yeah. and things like that. So it's very That's much locked point. in. point. Yeah. Do they lock the gates? At, oh, I mean, I, I, of course they would lock the gates at night, I guess. Mm. But mm. yeah, um, yeah they, they lock the gates pretty late around the same time they kind of switch off yeah. the, the lights around this area. But late. have we heard anything about like damaged gates or anything breaking in? No. Okay. Hey, hey Ward. Oh yes. Why why are there fences around a graveyard? Why why uh, to keep why, the why? rabbits out? To keep because people, people are dying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> but they're already they're already dead. So they're not dying to get out. They they died and then. Ebenezer, it's a joke. <laughs> oh. No. Olivia just hears it. frantic giggling in her head. She's like, shush, I can't hear them talking. <laughs> I don't like this new dynamic between Ebenezer and Ward. I don't like it. Mm, well, he's strange. smarter than me in every you other respect. You can't hear me. I'm talking to <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> no, this is just uh, Ward talking like, man, Ebenezer's smarter than me in every other aspect. At least I've got this up on him now. That's true. Social cues. I'll definitely give you that. Cool. Wait. Never mind, I shouldn't have social cues. <laughs> I forgot, I rolled bad. Shut up! <laughs> Alright. Other people's descriptions. Uh, yeah, there is um, a little, like, war memorial. 
mm-hmm. um, water feature. Well, probably let's go Second World War. Why not? Um, and we hear like the little like soft trickling of water. Mm-hmm. No, no stop. Thanks, guys. That's not what water sounds like. <laughs> if you listen, it blub, sounds blub, like. Blub, 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 blub. <laughs> blub, blub, blub. I'm under the water. Help. <laughs> Please help. I'm under the water. Oh, there's someone in there. I've got it. Uh, the Mario swimming music just starts coming on. <laughs> I just heard Monsters Inc. start in my head. I don't know why. Copyright. But with bubble sound effects on Caleb, what uh, do you see? I reckon just about every feature a graveyard could have has been described at this point. So I'm going to say outside of the graveyard, by like the gate, there's an old man selling flowers. Uh, he's looks, he's got a bit of that. What? And crosses, wooden crosses. He's no, no, he's flowers, just selling, uh, just selling flowers. Wonderful. Eighteen dollars a dozen. He's got that capitalist. He's also Australian. He's got that capitalist <laughs> musk on him, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Come on, it's disrespectful to see the dead without flowers. Eighteen dollars. Yeah. Capital A. And like he, oh, every we're person, half off. Eighteen dollars. Every person that walks past, he's trying to be like, oh, no flowers. Disrespectful. Did you, did you really love them? Dishonor on your family. I bet your grandmother died because of this dishonor. <laughs> no, we're actually here to work. We don't. We're not a, here to see anyone. And he's got like a, a old old cat. This cat looks like it's fo- like actually falling apart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It looks like the cat from Coraline. It's got one eye. No, we're here to work. We work here. That's right, Dixie. They are cheapskates. Come on, Dixie. Don't ask me or mine for nothing. He starts, like, wheeling it away. (laughs) 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 Just... (laughs) He looks back. Ah, They're after me. They're just standing still in the lamplight. Ah! He's coming! He's too tall! Olivia looks around at the he's coming. She's like, who? Uh, He disappears around the bed. I've solved it. Dixie is a werecat. I've solved it. (laughs) He hasn't even left. He's just gone around another side of the graveyard. $18 a dozen. Um, yeah. Okay, you guys go into the graveyard. Uh, you walk up one of these. Finally, top, one of these uh, pebbled paths, and you reach the top of the hill, and you see it just stretch on. Uh, you are watching as the sun is uh, quite quickly setting, and due to the kind of lateness of the year, you are watching as mist is also starting to roll in quite a bit, and a chill is coming. You know, frost is going to set in quite early here. But it is, the the streetlights kind of wrap around, there's not much light in the actual graveyard, but uh, the moon is not full, but it's, it's like, I don't know, a week off from being full, five days off from being full, so it's quite a bright, it'll be a quite a bright night. Uh, you guys kind of guess that your chances really of finding anything before dark are pretty slim, so you guys are going to kind of settle down until... I, I think first things first, um, before it gets dark, uh, we should probably have a look, little look around and find uh, all of the most likely newest gravestones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mark them uh, in our minds or maybe we, we set them up or something or find a spot where we can see them uh, because that's probably where this thing, if it comes tonight, that's probably where it'll be, right? Right. I'll do a, a perimeter check. All right, William. 
you guys scan around. BJ, on that piece of paper, can you draw a uh, a shape, uh, a, like an eight shape? A figure of eight? A figure eight, but not a figure eight, but like the sh- outline of an eight. Draw the I sure can. Enjoyed. Watch like this. Like bubble writing outline of an eight. Do it. Do it. Uh, a compass. He's Don't let it. the oh, middles touch. He's doing it. It's so sad. It's so round. It's so wobbly. It's beautiful. It looks like my grandparents' swimming pool. <laughs> uh, okay. Right, it looks like my grandma too. <laughs> there is, there is uh, the entrance is at the the base of the eight. So the south end. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for drawing the compass. And there is another exit on the north end. Man with cat. Looks like a cello. <laughs> I was going to say like an hourglass. As you guys kind of make your way around, you find, you just mark them off with X's, uh, one towards the center of the the shape, uh, you find a uh, gravestone that's about three weeks old. Mm -hmm. Uh, To the top right, you find one that's about a week old. And at the bottom right, you find one that's about three months old. Sorry, how old was that center? Three weeks. This is quite a prestigious, expensive graveyard. So most of the grave spaces that are available here have been kind of bought by families kind of years in advance. It's like, oh, I want, like when I die, I want to be next to my grandparents type of thing. So there's only a few new gravestones. This is not where mass, like this is not where like people are typically buried. Yeah. And it's usually, you can kind of guess by the amount of angels and crosses, this is probably a Catholic uh, graveyard as well. So Do probably, the mausoleums have, like, the family names on yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, it's very much that type of stuff. And there was a big, in the, the wrought iron fence, there was um, uh, St. Paul's written on the top, St. Stephen's, and a few things like that. So you can, you can assume that it's probably a conjoined uh, series of the oldest Catholic churches okay. in this area of London, like the members of that. The night slowly comes. Miss Wood. I was going to say, uh, is there any just obvious breaks or weaknesses in the wall around? No. So, again, how high was it? I'm going to say the fence height is 12 feet. 12 feet. Oh, right. that's huge. Yeah, this is uh, this is a regal, expensive yeah, yeah. area. This is right. one of the it oldest is, parts of London. It is a fence and not like a it's a wall. It is a stone okay. wall. Stone, stone wall. It's probably about three feet, uh, two feet wide. Yeah. Yeah. All right. With with barbed wire. It's not barbed wire. It's like the oh, yeah. s- like spikes. Um, spikes. It's made in the same way that the fence is of like that old iron. Yeah. Okay. Then just any high vantage points within the walls. Not really within the walls. Oh, there's a few hills. Uh, but before you can do that, you guys right. uh, make your way and you kind of stow yourselves away inside one of the mausoleums for a short time as outside a security guard does the rounds, walking around with a flashlight, checking real quick. He does a very brisk, not overly involved search before making his way to the gate, closing them and bolting them. You guys exit the mausoleum now. Is the sun fully set? It's at just this night point? time. Great. 
Right. What would you guys like to do? Olivia's <laughs> going to take off the long gloves and shove them in the tiny little um, backpack that she has. She's currently dressed in workout gear because they do not have their... (laughs) Best she could do. Yeah, it's the best she could do. So she's got running shoes on and everything, um, but she's trying to be as comfortable and ready for combat as possible. I'm going to say, because of you guys not really having your... uh, your kind of tier grade armor and ward with your changes as well. I'm, I'm not going to say that's tier grade either with stuff you're wearing. It's not going to have the Kevlar lining. I'm going to say you're all going to take a minus one to your AC. I'm pretty sure all of that stuff got destroyed at the finale, so... Uh, I don't fully remember, but it's been so long. You guys would have had a lot of that type of stuff confiscated, so... I'm, um, I'm fairly does our, certain... Does our health stay the same? Health stays the same, all that. It's just a minus one to being hit by things. Okay. So I'm just gonna remember yeah, that. You just don't have your protections. Yeah. That's right, we have no erasers. Yeah. How dare you? I used them. Yeah, how dare you, Caleb, do <laughs> I that? I don't know what the replacements are. Oh, they're in the other works. No, I have more in the uh the wrap up Anyway. 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 Yep. What are you guys gonna do? Uh you see uh as the night has fallen and we're all kind of getting into that mind space for battle, you see Ward uh kind of more noticeable now that it is dark two golden lights around where his eyes are kind of emit and glow with a dim light uh, as he makes his way uh, up to the highest vantage point yeah well I think we probably need to make a choice about our approach here because one one way we could go about it is trying to capture this thing if we find it the other thing we could do is if it's digging up people and I don't know I don't know what it does with them but it digs people up and uh, you know maybe maybe it breaks in maybe it does that and then it goes again so maybe we could follow it depending on I mean maybe it lives in the graveyard I don't know but that's another option also uh, I'm assuming the like none of the bodies are going to be here obviously they would have been taken away mm. um so we can't really like study them or anything, but you can still study the document with the photos yes. of the bodies. Uh, do I have to roll again? Because I got a twelve last time. You were looking for specific wording about stuff. This is uh, like okay. analyzing the pictures. Could I see if there's? Was it explained if there was a tie-in between if the bodies were fresh? Yes, the yeah. bodies were all fresh. Yes. Okay, all right. Uh, that's a fourteen. <clears throat> fourteen. Okay, I'll come to that in a second. Okay. Is it plus intelligence? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just uh, on the way there. Uh, Ward has sort of click flick through the documents and wanted to make a, an Arcana check for any knowledge I would have on creatures matching this description. There's really just not enough information, really, because they're hanging this like Canterbury family, but because of the moon, it draws that into question as well. So yep. you could do it, but like you're not going to like the information you begin here is far too vague. Then to really something. Draw. Uh, any information gleamed from the the states of the bodies? Then you both uh, roll for it, and we'll kind well, of well, that's kind of what I yeah, we'll treat your yeah. two families. Well, I mean, I've got a seventeen for the same thing, checking okay. the states of the bodies. Uh, unnatural twelve. Okay, so all of you are uh, studying this. Um, Hickory, can you roll a d8 for me? Sure, I can. I can definitely do that. Do you want one of my? That would be good. Dice. <laughs> I'll use so this. Hard. I'll use the SpongeBob ones. You can use any of these. Hickory ones. spontaneously combusts and does a D8 of damage <laughs> to everyone oh. <laughs> the surrounding area. Is that a one? I think it's one. One hour later. 
Nice. Uh, Hickory, uh, you are mm. sitting in like one of the side parts of a cross, mm. like like a concrete cross on top of a grave, <laughs> just sitting there. A massive cross. <laughs> uh, the moon is like slowly moving behind some um, uh, clouds. You guys are kind of clustered around this like large uh, gravestone. You guys have like. Uh, you've done your reconnaissance. You've looked around. You've planned things. You've got like you've got this down. Now we're getting bored. It's been an hour. <laughs> uh, Hope is like picking grass again um, and like tearing it and chucking it into the air, picking up more. The only um, things glowing in the dark is Hickory's cigarette and, and Olivia's arm and Ward's eyes. Ward's eyes. Um, Ward's up in a tree. Yeah, the three of you. Upside down. The three of you yeah, guys are like from his legs, casually flicking through the folder because it's mm-hmm. just like really. Because we've probably read it like yeah, you've read so it that like heaps of times, and you you flick over, and uh, Ebenezer, who actually got the, rolled the highest, what do you roll? Olivia. Olivia. Yeah. You know, I've watched a few crime shows over these last few months. Oh, here we go. And it's always in the photos that they notice something. Obviously, they have that enhanced thing uh, doesn't seem real to me to be honest but uh, I feel like there's something here in this picture of this dead body that's right in front of me and if maybe I talk it out I'll see it I'll see it with my speech right of course the way it's decaying yeah Ebenezer Way, takes the yeah. photo from Ward. Ebenezer, you look at the, the photo and you're kind of peering at it. And you notice what you thought were like three rolls from the way the head was kind of tilted are in fact three scratches at the neck. On the neck, yeah. okay. Like see, from you know kind of what? the base of the neck all the way down to like the kind of jugular. Actually, three paper thin scratches. I think maybe. Uh, hold on, hold that. I think somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Olivia takes um, it. Here. And I, I pull out a, a magnifying glass because I think that's something Ebony's would have on him. Mm-hmm. Have a look at the neck there. All right. Does that look like some kind of scratch to you? I mean, maybe it's just he got, you know, the body got pulled past a bush or something. But they they look deliberate. Claws mm. to dig, wouldn't they? Olivia, that's like, true. holds the magnifying glass up and down, trying to focus yep. in on the neck. You focus in, and Vesper, you can kind of feel this presence that would typically be like a headache, but you can kind of feel like a presence behind your eyes as Vesper Isn't is looking fe- out. Vesper a headache, though? <laughs> yes. Vesper is, like, looking out through your eyes as well as uh, you're looking at this. And you're both covering. So whatever it was, was holding him down at the neck. It scratched it, but it's dead, so why is it holding it down? Could it have just pulled by the neck and slipped? Wait, there's more than one photo, right? Yeah, you flick through a different well, photo. Let's, ch- let's check. There are more scratches in those same places. Same same side, same place? Yeah. So it's gripping them. Why does it need to grip them when they're dead? Does that mean they're not dead? No, well, they have to be dead. Well, you they're, in a, they're in a graveyard. What if they come back to life? Either that, or they must think they're alive. Uh, I hate these things. And you can kind of feel the ping in your brain of, oh, Vesper knows what these are. Yeah. 
And in that moment, you guys hear the sounds of chains falling to the ground. The gate. As the farthest gate away from you. The north one? Yeah. Cranks open. Everyone hide. Olivia scatters into the nearest mausoleum. Right, you guys uh, scatter. <laughs> Can everyone roll and hide? Ward doesn't hide. He just stands by the tree and readies his weapon. Oh no, we want to see what it does. That is a seven. He pretends to be a scarecrow, I guess. To hiding. It's just a plus two. It's not plus yeah. physical. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eleven. Eleven? Uh, Ward, Ward very poorly. Twelve. I'm gonna. Okay. Ward very poorly hides behind a tree. So yeah, that's. Use, like, Olivia stands behind that's an still... angel statue and she looks like <laughs> no, just that's another still an angel. angel. I'm just imagining Olivia and uh, like Hickory stay next to each other and they both do the doom thing, two fingers, yeah. and fade away into the dark. <laughs> they're just gone. <laughs> um, uh, that's an 11, unless you want me to add my career. You also do. In which same case, thing. it's an 11. <laughs> yeah, you're, he's like, you're... everyone hide, and they look around and he's already gone. Yeah. Um, uh, you guys are all kind of scattered for a little bit. and Because Ebenezer's thinking, um, as soon as this thing finds out that there's people hiding in wait for it in a graveyard, it's not going to do whatever it was doing, and they're not going to get the information yeah. they need. Um, Micah, roll a d20 for me. Oh. A big boy. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Roll low. Roll low. Eight. Eight. You guys are waiting for eight minutes. Oh, okay. okay. You guys That's stay in these kind of poses for eight minutes and slowly. <laughs> Olivia's <laughs> just like against uh, an angel, arms up can in I, the angel wing. I'm, I'm still watching for things. Can I see anything in these yeah. eight minutes? Uh, Ward, you no, are. You don't have eyes. Watching. You see kind of. You see motion off in the distance and something appears and you kind of whisper out because it's on the farthest hill on the other side, the tallest hill. And you kind of motion and the others kind of peek out of their hiding spots and they look. You all look up to the top of the nearby hill. At its top sits one of the only trees in the graveyard, the oldest tree. The moon comes out from behind the clouds and bathes the hill in moonlight. You see a figure standing there, a tall figure, ten feet at least. His torso is rather regular sized, but his legs and arms are naturally long. He wears a suit and a riding jacket, as well as riding boots, as well as a large bowler hat with a feather in it. Even in the distance, you can see what appears to be some type of sickle in his hip, as well as a bullwhip. He rises, and Ward, you can feel. <laughs> Sorry. I was just okay. It's BJ. Um. <laughs> Why is your phone saying good morning? I don't know. Eight thirty at night. Oh, no, I'm, I jumped. I don't like alarms. That's just me. Me as a oh, sorry. <laughs> naturally going to apologise. Why is my? Why is? My... <laughs> I'm so sorry that I'm startled why, why by an alarm. alarm Give <laughs> my time to wake up. Sit to eight thirty p.m. Oh lord, oh. the tension. It's gone. <laughs> Very strange. Um, my boy. So Bathroom break. My phone's on silent too. What the? Uh, yes, thank oh. you, Bridget. Um. Yes. What do I see? What do I feel? 
the figure is watching you. You can feel that he is watching all of you. He raises a hand. He waves. Ward steps out and waves back. He inspects you all before walking away from the tree. And you see he has left flowers. It's a gravestone. It's up there. He reaches the bottom of the hill and he bows to all of you. He's quite a ways off. Ward, Ward bows, bows back, obviously. And he moves off towards a horse-drawn carriage that none of you heard enter. He stoops and speaks for a moment into the carriage before climbing onto the front, taking up the reins and whipping them. The horses spring into action and begin trotting forwards towards you all. But they strangely make next to no sound. You can hear them, but not as much as you would expect. Horses are pretty loud. The carriage draws up alongside you all. The mist swishes as it draws up. Uh, after he's gone, there's that pause of what just happened. Well, he's, it's alongside you. It stopped in front of oh, you guys. Oh, yes. okay, it's here. Okay, yes. cool. I thought it was leaving. It's my bad. I had a yeah, thing to do after yeah. it was gone. Okay. Olivia steps out from behind the angel. Pops down. Ward's already, like, I guess front and center because he came out uh, of the cover early. Mm -hmm. um, he's just waiting, I guess. Uh, oh, no, the, the, he's a, he's pulling the carriage, isn't he? Uh, no, he's not pulling. He, there are horses. He's just that's, that's, that's what I meant. Um, he's the driving. tall man's yeah, driving yes, the carriage. So he, he's pulled on the reins to stop. Mm. Uh, as he rocks up, Ward just looks up to this... Uh, this figure that's that's even taller than him sitting on a carriage that's higher up and just goes lovely evening for a stroll it tilts its head pondering again there's a kind of half nod but like dips down there's like another bow like he's saying anything you say sir please not say a word you see one of the curtains is moved slightly to the side. You cannot see in, but something has drawn the curtains aside to see you all clearly. Hello in there. My good fellow, what brings you to this place? A long arm appears out of the darkness. It stretches out. The nails are long. The skin is ancient and veined the veins are dark purple the cuff is thrilled and lacy two fingers it holds a card out to you thank you very much you take the card you see in two large letters in the front to be draws its hand back into the darkness and you hear a voice come through. Come well dressed. Onwards. And the man clicks the reins and the horses trot off.
Is Olivia going to share with the group what clicked in her mind? What clicked in your mind? As you hear a growl that sounds like a wolf's and then turns into a hiss like a cat's as you see four creatures come out from behind the darkness of the carriage deep in the mist you see more coming from the darkness behind you eight in total and the conclusion makes sense they were holding the neck because they were drinking the remains of its blood and Vespa says damn chupacabras (laughs) 